Hi guys, and welcome to the Mystery Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Don Amici and Miss Francis Langford with Mr. Danny Thomas as Brother Amos in the NBC comedy show, The Bickersons. The Bickersons appeared on the radio in the late 1940s and were transformed into a television show in the late 1950s. But before they became TV stars, Mr. Don Amici and Miss Francis Langford appeared together on the Bickerson's radio show. In this first episode, it is called The Blanche's Tonsils and John's New Car. It's where Blanche Bickerson has to have her tonsils removed. And then John comes to find out that his car is totaled by his brother-in-law Amos and by his wife Blanche. And in the second episode, it is called John's New Business and Suitcase. In this episode, John has to go on a one-day business trip and his wife Blanche will be miserable if he leaves. But unbeknownst to John, his brother-in-law Amos has borrowed his suitcase and it is brand new to put fish in it for his from his fishing trip. But anyways guys, I hope you enjoy Mr. Don Amici and Ms. Francis Langford in the Bickersons. Please comment and subscribe and enjoy the show guys. Thanks. From Hollywood, it's dream time. Ladies and gentlemen, the makers of Dream Shampoo are pleased to present the 11th in a series of new programs written by Phil Rapp, produced by Carlton Alsop, and starring Don Amici. Blanche, why don't you let me sleep, huh? Danny Thomas and Francis Langford, who sings... Somebody loves me, I wonder who, I wonder who he can be. Somebody loves me, I wish I knew, who can he be, worries me. For every boy who passes me, I shout, hey, maybe, you were meant to be my loving baby. Somebody loves me, I wonder who.
Everybody loves me. I wish I knew. Who can it be? Where is me? For every boy has to me, I shout, hey, maybe. You were meant to be my loving baby. If somebody loves me, I wonder who, maybe, maybe, maybe it's you. Not 50%, not 75%, but 100%. Yes, it's 100% true. Dream Shampoo reveals all the sparkle, all the sheen, all the dazzling brilliance of your hair. Never before, Dream, could any shampoo leave your hair so lustrous. Now, that's because Dream is not a soap shampoo. It never leaves dingy, dulling film on hair to hide its natural beauty. And what's more, Dream does not dry out your hair. Instead, its fragrant, freshening whipped cream lather leaves your hair sublimely smooth, beautifully behaved, easier to set, easier to curl, easier to arrange. And Dreen removes unsightly dandruff the first time you use it. So, for lovely, lustrous hair, for all types of hair, dry, normal, or oily, Dreen shampoo with hair conditioning action. Use it at home or ask for it at your beauty shop. Buy it at all drug department or 10-cent stores in the blue and yellow package. Remember, never before dream could any shampoo leave your hair so lustrous, yet so easy to manage. Yes, your hair can have that dazzling sheen the very first time that you use dream. And now here is your host for the evening, Don Amici. I'd like to make mention of the fact that we've received a great many letters from listeners, most of which were very encouraging. However, there is one letter that calls for an answer from Danny Thomas. Call and I shall answer, Don. Hello, Danny. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. What's the gist of the note, Don? Well, it's just this. Mm. The writer, a lady of middle age, I should guess, suggests that you sing a serious song now and then. Well, her suggestions may be well meant, Don, but serious songs are for serious singers. No question about it. A man has to be trained in the art of delivering a ballad. No question about it. And I'm a comedian. <laughs> I said I'm a comedian. Seems to be a question about it. <laughs> no, no, not in my mind, Danny. But this lady has an idea that you shouldn't be facetious all the time. She thinks jokes are cheap. She does, huh? Uh-huh. Wait till she has to buy a few. <laughs> At any rate, the letter is very complimentary, and she goes so far as to compare you with Al Jolson. Possibly the greatest entertainer of all time. Yeah, no question about that. She wants to know why you don't sing the kind of songs he did. Well, you just don't write tunes like that today. Besides, Jolson had a wonderful gimmick. Gimmick? Weenie. Squeeze. That's a songwriter's jargon for trick. Oh. Look, oh. he sang about his mother, his kid Sonny Boy in his home in Alabama all in one season. That's pretty powerful stuff, kid. That's quite a gimmick. I mean, what have we got to sing about? You know we can't sing about mother, we'd be called corny. After all, you got to remember, this is the atomic age. Oh, we're a sharp, brilliant people. I mean, we're so much more brilliant than our forebears, we now know how to destroy ourselves 50 times as quickly. Yeah, yeah, you have a point, Danny. So what can we sing about and be up to date? 
schizophrenia. <laughs> or maybe kleptomania. Can you imagine singing a song called A Pretty Kleptomaniac is Like a Schizophreniac, but the malady lingers on? Uh, I never heard of that one. Well, maybe you'd like me to sing about that new medical discovery, sulfahiothiaparapensinilamide. <laughs> what a medicine that is, brother. Great, huh? Great. They haven't found a disease for it yet. <laughs> But, but there is one subject that is abreast of the times and still has a great depth. Archaeology. Or is it archaeology? Well, I wouldn't know. Are you qualified to sing about the study of lost races? I haven't had a winner all season. <laughs> but Don, Don, would it shock you if I told you I took a special course in archaeology at Cairo Prep? No. Yes, sir. I'm a graduate archaeologist. Or is it Archie? Why don't you call Duffy's Tavern? I'll do that. Now, as soon as I received my diploma, the entire graduating class was sent to the Egyptian desert to search for relics. Mm. The second day out, I unearthed a priceless old vase. Or is it vase? Either is correct. Or is it either? <laughs> well, the third day while I was snooping, that's right, snooping, around the pyramids, I found an unopened crypt. A crypt? Crypt. It was full of ossified sand crabs. And what did you do? I crept into the crypt, cribbed the crab, and crept out of the crypt again. I'm glad you made it. Me too. I, uh, I pushed on another ten miles and bagged the biggest trophy of the whole expedition. I discovered the remains of the great Prince Tut. No. Yes. Where? He weighed 300 pounds in his sandals and toga. Oh, Say, that's a big mummy. Oh, you might say he was the daddy of all mummies. <laughs> there he was, shrouded in his wrappings and covered from head to foot with precious gems, lying inside this weird Egyptian tomb. Sphinx? A little. But what can you expect? I mean, what can you expect from a man who's been dead for 3,000 years? Well, I brought Tatat back to this country and I never let that mummy out of my sight. Loved him, huh? Oh, yeah. We finally found happiness and success doing a comedy program on an obscure radio station. Well, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Danny. Don't tell me you were on the air together. Oh, certainly. We were known as Fibber McGowell and Mommy. <laughs> we had a great program. There was a stooge named Red Skeleton. Skeleton. Yeah, and the, on the announcer was H.V. Corpsenborn. <laughs> it was a ghost-to-ghost hookup. Sounds pretty gruesome. Well, we were broadcasting from Death Valley. As a matter of fact, I'm glad that's all over with now. Tut Tut was very happy until another station went into competition with us and put on a program called Zombie for a Day. You know the show well. Oh, you know it? Oh, yes. You, you've heard it? Mm-hmm. That's great. I haven't. We lost, we lost all of our listeners, and Tut Tut couldn't stand the disgrace of the failure, so he, he ran away. Oh. Oh, you poor kid. You lost your mummy. Yeah. <laughs> I traveled the whole world over in search of Tut-Tut. Egypt, Syria, India. I even went to North Africa on a wild goose chase. All I found was a wild goose. No Tut-Tut. Tired, hungry, and worn, searching, ever seeking, I plotted across Africa, struggling through the elephant's graveyard. Oh, now, Danny, there isn't really such a thing, is there? Oh, yes, there is, Don. It's legend. An elephant will travel for thousands of miles over rugged terrain, through swamps and the thick, heavy underbrush of the jungle to get to the place where he's going to die. And he always dies there. It's the trip that kills him. <laughs> Believe me.
find me, I know. Well, tell me, did you ever find Tut-Tut? Yes, Don, I finally came across his hiding place, but I just didn't have the heart to dig him up again. Well, why not? Well, I knew he had finally found true happiness because I saw a large tomb and a middle-sized tomb and a little tomblet. <laughs> and not wishing to cause a tumult over the tomb, I decided to go away, leaving Tut-Tut in his happy married life. And so, Don... I want to sing a song that's near and dear to my heart. And this shall be my answer to the lady who can't forget Al Joseph. A caterpillar is a thriller to a caterpillar. The flowers and the bees are very chummy. A cricket has a thicket where he serenades a cricket. But a man's best friend is his mummy. A beaver can increase the fever of another beaver. A puppet dreams about a wooden dummy. A gopher always has a gopher that he seems to go for. But a man's best friend is his mummy. Why, in most of my friendships with others, I know there have been many flaws. Oh, but with Tut-Tut and me, though we weren't brothers... He was just like my own flesh and gauze Because a white fish is the right fish To delight another white fish A little piggy loves his little tummy An ermine will determine to get wolfish with an ermine La da 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 Thank you But a man's best friend Get it, mummy <laughs> Oh, my best friend and I are say not divided. No, day. Mm, ah, mm, eh, ah, mm. my heart, I've decided. <laughs> to make every day a mummy's day. A turtle who's a flirtle. Find excitement with a turtle. A little lamb adores his honey lammy. A sea bass who's a he bass loves a sea bass who's a she bass. <laughs> La -da 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 -da. Now I don't intend to offend the mammy down in Alabama, but a man's best friend right to the end is his mummy. Sorry, Jolson, not his mammy. Never before dream, yes, never before dream could any shampoo reveal all the natural brilliance of your hair. Never before dream could any shampoo leave your hair so lustrous yet so easy to manage. When you dream your hair, you bring out all its sparkling highlights. When you dream your hair, you glamorize all its soft, thrilling texture. When you dream your hair, you remove all luster-dulling film and unsightly dandruff. And more, dream's rich whipped cream lather leaves your hair easier to set, easier to curl, easier to arrange. So for lovely, lustrous hair, for all types of hair, dream shampoo with hair conditioning action. 
Never before dream could any shampoo leave your hair so lustrous, yet so easy to manage. D-R-E-N-E, Dream Shampoo. Ladies and gentlemen, during a recent overseas tour, my wife, Rosemary, sent me a little idea for a song that we thought was very nice. And just recently, with the help of Jerry Seeland, we finished it. And tonight, for the first time anywhere, Francis Langford is going to sing it with a special arrangement by Carmen Dragon. The song is Just Before I Sleep. Thanks, Francis. Langford as John and Blanche Bickerson with Danny Thomas as Brother Amos in The Honeymoon is Over. The Bickersons have retired. Mrs. Bickerson lies rigid but awake in the darkness as poor husband John, victim of an obscure type of insomnia that prevents other people from sleeping, exhibits the telltale symptoms of his dread affliction. 
Listen. <laughs> it may be funny to him, but it's not to me. John, John, cut it out. Cut it out, Blanche. I'll lose my mind if you don't stop that giggling. What's the matter with you? What's the matter, Blanche? You sound like a tickled schoolgirl. What are you dreaming of? Tickling schoolgirls. John. What? What? What'd you say, Blanche? I simply won't stand it another night. Living in this house is becoming unbearable. Let's move. John, I swear I'm at my wit's end. How long do you think a person can go without sleep? I've been doing it for five years. John Pickerson, we've been married for five years. Amazing coincidence. <laughs> good night. Don't you good night me, you, you big sleeping pill. Why don't you have some consideration for me? Well, what do you want me to do, Blanche? When you were sick last year, did I say that? Didn't I sit up all hours of the night nursing you? Didn't I? Yes, you did. And what was my reward? I got sicker. <laughs> Sure, you can afford to be sarcastic now. You feel fine. I want to sleep. It's two o'clock, Blanche. You don't remember how I catered to you every minute. When the doctor said not to let you have anything cold, didn't I give you all the ice water you wanted? You sure did. Almost killed me. That's gratitude. Well, I didn't expect anything else from you. You don't love me, do you, John? Oh, of course I do. Just because I don't say it every five minutes doesn't mean that I don't love you. Tell the truth, John. If, if anything happened to me... Would you marry again? Never, never again. <laughs> well, you don't have to sound so vehement. Well, if I said it any softer, you'd say I didn't sound convincing. I don't know, Blanche. I just wish you'd let me sleep. I keep thinking how nice it was before we were married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were so different then. You used to plead with me for a little kiss. Now you don't even think of it. Why? A mouse in a trap loses his taste for cheese. Very funny. Oh, you're so funny, John Bickerson. Well, I'm tired, and I have to get up early tomorrow. You just won't understand, will you? There are none so blind as those who will not see. Yeah? The one time I expected you to break down and offer me comfort, and, and you fail me. What? It's all right. I'll, I'll struggle through it alone. It won't be long, and when the time arrives, I, I don't even want to see you near me. What are you talking about? I'll go to the hospital by myself. You can sleep right through it. Blanche. Blanche, are, are you... Are you... Hasn't Dr. Marvin told you, John? Nobody told me. What? 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 What is it? I'm going to have my tonsils out. <laughs> your tonsils? What do you need to have your tonsils out for? You never have sore throats. Your tonsils never bothered you before. You never even knew you had tonsils. Dr. Marvin said it would help my disposition. Have them out by all means. <laughs> I don't think I will, after all. Okay, don't. Good night. The only reason I was going to do it is because I thought I'd get a good night's sleep. Okay, do it. Why should I suffer through an operation? You're the one who keeps me awake. Why don't you do it? Do what? Have your tonsils out. <laughs> okay, I'll have them out next week. You say it, but you won't do it. Have them out now. <laughs> what? Go on, get up and call Dr. Marvin. Let him pull your tonsils out. Blanche, are you insane? It's half past two in the morning. The hospital stays open all night. Go on, let him pull your tonsils out. I haven't got any tonsils. I had them out when I was nine. Well, you need some new ones by now. Let him put some in. <laughs> oh, this is awful. You're deliberately trying to keep me awake. You know I have to get up early and go to work. Oh, don't make your job sound so important. 
you take a day off, nothing will happen. No, nothing will happen except I lose a day's pay. I need all the money I can get. I've got to make a payment on the car tomorrow. Where will you get that? I've got it. There's $84 locked in the desk drawer. 60 84 I looked yesterday. You didn't look today. <laughs> There's only 60 What happened to the other $24? Don't look at me, John. Blanche, there are only two people who have a key to that drawer. You and I, and there's $24 missing. Well, we'll each put back $12 and say no more about it. <laughs> How do you like that? Blanche, what did you do with that $24? I spent it. I bought some perfume. Perfume? $24 worth? How could you carry that much? <laughs> Don't be silly. It was only a half-ounce bottle, and I got it wholesale. It's the newest thing. Very daring. It's called Perhaps. Perhaps. For $24, they should give you positively. <laughs> well, I can't understand. I can't understand why you throw my money away on junk like that. It isn't junk, and you like it. How do you know? Because it's the same kind Gloria Gooseby uses. I hate Gloria Gooseby. Well, you're always sniffing around her. Now, <laughs> uh, don't you start with that woman. You're the one who started it. I'd like to spend one night in this bedroom without Gloria Gooseby. Just one night. <laughs> she just douses herself with that perfume. That's how she catches all the men, the hussy. She's not a hussy, and she doesn't need perfume to catch me. I mean, I mean, I can't stand the sight of Gloria Gooseby. But you like the way she smells. I hate the way she smells. I don't see how Leo can live with him. I wish they both dropped dead. Now, either let me go to sleep or I won't go to work in the morning. Don't go to work. See if I care. You'd have lost the day's pay anyway if I hadn't torn up that summons. What summons? For you to serve on a jury. Well, you can't tear those things up. If I get a jury notice, I have to report. Why? Why? Because that's the law. You can't tear up any court order. I tore up the traffic citation. What traffic citation? The traffic citation they gave me to go to court in front of the jury that you were supposed to serve on, but I tore up the notice. Oh, Blanche, Blanche, you'll, you'll have us both in jail. Well, that's where my brother Amos is. Amos? What has he got to do with this? Well, I was taking a driving lesson. Oh, and... Blanche, no! Not my new car! It's never been out of the garage! Well, it's out now. I took a driving lesson and paid the instructor $5 an hour, and... Who was the instructor? It was Amos, wasn't it? It was. I know it was Amos. I never even took the wheel. Amos was driving, and we were, we suddenly saw this other car careening toward us at 100 miles an hour. Yes. Amos didn't have much time, but by an amazing piece of quick thinking, he managed to meet him head on. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. It's a funny thing. Nobody got hurt. Not even the policeman. What policeman? In the other car. Now, now look, Blanche. Amos started to ball them out about driving in the wrong lane, and they had some silly excuse about a police car having the right of way. Blanche. And Amos got mad and hit one of the cops with a wrench. Blanche, and... where is my car? It's on Hill Street between 5th and 8th. 5th and 8th? That's three blocks apart. That's where the car is. <laughs> about three blocks apart. Or it was. They took some of it away to the police pound. Some of it? <laughs> well, I don't care. I'm insured. I'm just happy they got that Amos in jail. They can't do anything to him. Oh, they can't, huh? That's reckless driving and resisting an officer. They can wrap him up good. They can't do a thing about his driving, and you know it, John. Why not? Because he doesn't have a license. <laughs> oh, oh, that's different. They'll only add another five years. I hope they give him life. John, why do you despise my poor brother so? Because I hate him. And don't you dare ask me to help him, Blanche. Well, the least you can do is help me. I have to go to court, too. Well, it serves you right. Go on, testify against me. Get me locked up in jail. Oh, nobody's going to lock you up in jail. Let them put me on bread and water. 
You won't feel so good when I lo- walk that last mile when they slip my pants leg. Blanche! Why don't you get me a reprieve, John? Oh, stop it! They're not going to do anything to you. Now go to sleep. Go to sleep, he tells me. My poor brother's in jail. My own husband's going to testify against me. Go to sleep. How can I sleep? I'll never... How can he be so heartless? Mm. Hello. Where's the phone, Blanche? I've got it. Hello? Blanche, this is Amos. I'm still in jail. Wait, Amos. I'll get John. Talk to him, John. Sure. Hello. Jocko? Drop dead. (laughs) Oh, listen, you got to come down and spring me. This is the first call they let me make. Drop dead. Don't be sorry, Jocko. I'm in an awful jam. I'm in a tank here with 50 other bums. Drop dead. But I got money enough to pay for all the damage. I think I even got enough for the bail bond. Get me out, will you, Jocko? Drop dead. I swear I'll pay you. I got plenty of dough. I I started a crab game here and won over $400. Drop $400. Amos, are you loaded? No, but the dice were. (laughs) Hey, come down and spring me, will you, Jocko? Well, I'm going to think about it, Amos. Right now, I'll leave you with two words. Yeah, what's that? Drop dead! (laughs) Now I can sleep. Please, John, dear, get my brother out of jail. Well, I'll think about it. I'll do anything for you, John. Please bail him out. Pour me a shot of bourbon, Blanche. Are you sure you wouldn't like a double shot, dear? Just a single. Thanks. Ah, wonderful stuff. I promise I'll never wake you up again, darling. And will you forget all about Gloria Gooseby? Forever. Just get Amos out of that nasty jail. Well, we can't do anything about it until morning anyway. In the meantime, I think I'll get a good night's sleep. Certainly, dear. Are you comfortable? Perfect. Just perfect. Snore to me, John. This is Toby Reed reminding you, never before dreamed, yes, never before dreamed, could any shampoo reveal 100% of the natural luster of your hair. Listen next Sunday for another pleasant half hour with Don Amici, Danny Thomas, Francis Langford, Carmen Dragon, and his orchestra. And now here is Don Amici wishing you good days, good nights, and good luck until we meet again. Everybody's talking about DREF, the greatest dishwashing discovery in 2,000 years. DREF, D-R-E-F-T, DREF. Procter & Gamble's sudsing miracle. It gets dishes so clean they shine even without wiping. Yes, it makes even glasses sparkle like jewels. Dreft simply can't leave any streaks on dishes the way all soaps do. Why, with Dreft, your nicest glassware positively shines. Dreft is kind to your hands, too. Get Dreft in the bright green package. That's D-R-E-F-T, Dreft. Danny Thomas appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the human story behind the atom bomb, the beginning or the end. Danny Thomas' song was written by Jerry Seelan with special music by Carmen Dragon. Ladies, it's more important than ever that you save kitchen fats every day, every mealtime. To help get more soap, fabrics, and other items you want and need, save those fats. The need is urgent, the reason sound. And dealers now pay more per pound. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. From Hollywood, it's Dream Time.
Ladies and gentlemen, the makers of Dream Shampoo are pleased to present the 12th in a series of new programs produced by Carlton Alsop and starring Don Amici. Blanche, let me sleep, will you? Danny Thomas. Progress. You call this progress? Kaiser's driving Fraser on on a motorcycle. And our glamorous dream girl, Frances Langford, who sings... The moon belongs to everyone. The best things in life are free. The stars belong to everyone. They gleam there for you and me. The flowers in spring, the robins that sing, the sunbeams that shine, they're yours, they're mine. Love can come to Never before dream. Right. Never before dream could any shampoo reveal all the natural brilliance of your hair. Never before dream could any shampoo leave your hair so lustrous yet so easy to manage. When you dream your hair, you bring out all its sparkling highlights. When you dream your hair, you glamorize all its soft, thrilling texture. And when you dream your hair, you remove all luster-dulling soap film and unsightly dandruff. More... Dreen's rich whipped cream lather leaves your hair easier to set, easier to curl, easier to arrange right after shampooing. So, for lovely, lustrous hair, for all types of hair... Use Dreen Shampoo with hair conditioning action. Never before Dreen could any shampoo leave your hair so lustrous, yet so easy to manage. D-R-E-N-E, Dreen Shampoo. And now, here is your host for the evening, Don Amici. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and good evening. Francis, before you get away, I want to tell you that I thought your song was delightful. And Toby, your commercial was stimulating. And Carmen, your music was magnificent. Boy, you feel great tonight, don't you? Oh, I certainly do, Carmen. Do you realize that it's March? The month that heralds spring? Oh, I just love March. Beautiful March. Me too. In fact, I'm looking forward to every month this year. Romantic April, delightful May, enchanting June, exotic July. Carmen, you've got the soul of a poet. No, I've got an Esquire calendar. <laughs> well, I hope you and your calendar are very happy together. But as for me, I have spring fever. And... Francis. Yes, Don? I'd like to drop over to your house about 8.30 tonight. I'll put the top down in my convertible and... and oh, then... I'm so sorry, Don, but I sort of half-promised Danny Thomas I'd keep him company while he's experimenting with his new chemistry set. Oh, Francis, do you know what you're letting yourself in for? He won't pay any attention to you. 
He's had his eye glued to that microscope for three days now. Three days? Yes, that poor soul is trying to outstare a germ. <laughs> he hasn't got an ounce of romance in his body. Oh, I'm sure he has, Don. Did you ever notice his soulful round eyes? Well, did you ever see square ones? <laughs> Why, as far as he's concerned, spring is just... Oh, there he is now. The germ must have won. Danny! Danny Thomas! <laughs> Everybody. Isn't it wonderful, Danny? What's wonderful? Spring will soon be here. It will? Yeah, can't you feel it? Can't you feel those soft, balmy breezes? Does something to a man, eh, Danny? Oh, I know just what you mean, Don. You do? Yeah, it makes you want to get out the old kite and fly the tail of it, boy. <laughs> Say, uh, uh, Danny, have you, have you ever thought about girls? Oh, girls. They fascinate me every time I see them walking down the street in their dainty open-toed shoes. Sure, I, I think about them a lot. What do you think about them, Danny? Don't their toes ever get cold? <laughs> Look, Danny, when a fellow's your age, he doesn't spend all his evenings reading popular mechanics or building a speckled bird's egg collection. Doesn't romance mean anything to you? Of course it does, Don. If I may quote from the classics, in the words of the immortal Hildegard... She's wonderful, Hildegard. I should only wear my nose the way she wears her hair. <laughs> Je vous aime beaucoup, toujours l'amour, mon petit chéri. Oh, that's beautiful, Danny. What does it mean? If I knew, wouldn't I say it in English? <laughs> you see, what did I tell you, Francis? Danny, you ought to get yourself a girl. Ah, love is only for women. I've heard of a few men who are interested in it, too. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm afraid there'll never be any romance in your life. Oh, I guess you're right, Don. I'm kind of like parsley on a piece of fish. I look all right, but nobody wants me. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say that, Danny. I'm sure there must be somebody. Well, yesterday I did have kind of a date with the girl next door. We went to the movies, and the three of us had a great time. The three of you? Yeah, me and my girl and the fella I brought along for her. <laughs> brought a fellow along for your girl? Yeah, she makes me. She's boy crazy. <laughs> Obviously. He wasn't much of a fellow, though. A little on the dumb side. The dumb side? Yeah, what a dope. He spends 75 cents to see a movie and wastes the whole evening hugging and kissing my girl. <laughs> your girl? That sounds a bit like an overstatement. Oh, no, it isn't, Don. She told me that her heart belongs to me. She did. Just that the rest of her likes to go out with other fellas. Danny, maybe you better stick to your chemistry set. What do you mean? Oh, you're not with it. You're not on the ball. In everyday life, you're just not making any progress. Progress. Hmm. You know why I'm not making any progress? Because I don't want to. Do you think this age of speed and tempo is good for you? Well, frankly, I never gave it much thought. Then give it some thought, Don. Progress. Have you seen the new 1948 cars? No, but I'd like to buy one. I can't afford a used car. I'm serious about this. Things are moving too fast. You know, they say the two biggest features on the new cars are air brakes and unbreakable windshields. Now you can speed up to 200 miles an hour and stop on a dime. Then you press a special button, and a putty knife scrapes you off the windshield. <laughs> Well, that's a handy gadget. Well, don't take it so lightly, Don. I mean, there's such a thing as too much progress. For instance, one of man's most priceless privileges, sitting down to dinner with his family, a simple little pleasure like that is in jeopardy. Why, the other day, my doctor showed me the latest invention in medical science. It's a little pill. Contains the equivalent of an entire meal. Soup, 
Salad, steak, baked potato, choice of three vegetables, a cup of coffee and a big piece of apple pie a la mode, and two toothpicks. Ah, you're joking. No, I'm not. I tried one, but a horrible thing happened. When I took the pill, it was upside down. Well, what's so horrible about that? I ate the dessert first. <laughs> what happened to the toothpicks? Don't be such a wise guy, will you? Oh, now, wait a minute, Danny. Progress has more good features than bad ones. Have you read about the new stockings for women guaranteed not to get runs? They're made out of cold wooden rubber. So what? Instead of runs, they'll get clinkers, splinters, and blowouts. <laughs> inventions, inventions, innovations. Why, years ago, when a woman wanted to go to sleep, she simply put on a nightgown and went to bed. Today, before she gets into bed, she puts on hair crimpers, wrinkle erasers, dimple depressors, ear flatteners, nose straighteners. Uh, if a man wants to kiss his wife goodnight, he has to battle his way through $12 worth of hardware. You know, Danny, you got me convinced. Let's both go back and play with your chemistry set. Now you're talking sense, Don. <laughs> Progress is all right, but it has to be harnessed. Now, look, I'd like to show you my new formula. It'll revolutionize present-day living. What is it? Beverage. Uh, what's it made of? Shh. Liquid. <laughs> mm, a liquid beverage. Yeah, I'll tell you about it. Mm. Now, with study and forethought, and research and more thought, I have discovered something new. My magic elixir is a wonderful fixer. Of anything that's wrong with you I'll bottle it and I'll attain fame The whole world will honor my name Drink Thomas Cola And you'll whistle at the girls once more If you're half alive And you're 95 Thomas Cola makes you feel like 94 Drink Thomas Cola, it has sparkle and it's cool and keen. I can't rave enough, you will love the stuff unless you don't like the taste of kerosene. Now, if you're looking gone and you're feeling duller, you really have no excuse. Thomas Cola will give your cheeks some color, purple. Blue and chartreuse. <laughs> Drink Thomas Cola. Fill your glass and take a healthy slug. It's a real surprise. Makes your spirit rise while the rest of you just lies there on the rug. Drink Thomas Cola. Listen to testimonials from all over the world. From Milan, Italy, we hear from Mr. Antonio Garibaldi Tommaso. Well... I tell you, I first tried Thomas Cola when I was 20 years old. And today, 10 years later, I'm very happy to say I am now 30 years old. <laughs> Thomas Cola, that's it for me. That's why I'm as happy as I can be. I drink wine until my top of she blows. And with the Thomas call, I always wash my clothes. <laughs> and now we hear from the Earl of Thomas, one of the leading literary lights of England, being interviewed. My lord, 
If you had your choice, would you select wine or Thomas Cola? Wine or Thomas Cola, you say? Well, milady, wine when aged in casks of choice elk pervades my spirit like exotic incense. A thousand violins throb in my head. I am wafted in fleecy clouds to the seventh heaven above the seventh heaven. <laughs> I respond to its delicacy of flavor with the infinite need that has existed throughout the eternities. Whereas, milady, Thomas Cola... Yes? Yes? Thomas Cola makes me burp. <laughs> Now in Lower Africa, let's listen to Mr. Thomas himself addressing a group of natives. Ogla Ugwa Wambo Bola Zango Bango Thomas Cola Tanza Kango Lava Wao Nico Backer Manda Bao. Not 50, not 75, but 100% true. Yes, it's 100% true. Dream Shampoo actually reveals all the natural sparkle, all the sheen, all the dazzling brilliance of your hair. Right. Never before, Dream, could any shampoo leave your hair so lustrous. Now, that's because Dream is not a soap shampoo, so can't leave dulling soap film on your hair to hide its natural beauty. And what's more, Dream does not dry out your hair. Instead, its fragrant, freshening, whipped cream lather leaves your hair sublimely smooth, beautifully behaved, easier to set, and arrange right after shampooing. And Dream removes unsightly dandruff the first time you use it. So, for lovely, lustrous hair, for all types of hair, dry, normal, or oily, use Dream Shampoo with hair conditioning action. Use Dream at home or ask for Dream at your beauty shop. Buy Dream at all drug department or 10 cent stores in the familiar blue and yellow package. Remember, never before Dream could any shampoo leave your hair so lustrous, yet so easy to manage. Yes, your hair can have that dazzling sheen the very first time that you use Dream. Yes, your hair can have that dazzling sheen the very first time that you use Dream. <laughs> And now Don Amici and Francis Langford as John and Blanche Bickerson with Danny Thomas as Brother Amos in The Honeymoon is Over. And here is lovely Francis Langford with a special arrangement of Sonata by Carmen Dragon and the orchestra. Sonata I hear you haunting thieves, and I begin to dream. You linger, my sorrow, in every reverie. You bring my love to me. 
road you play will be my serenade. Francis Langford. And now, as we promised you, Don Amici and Francis Langford as John and Blanche Bickerson with Danny Thomas's brother Amos in The Honeymoon is Over, written by Phil Rapp. The Bickersons have retired. Mrs. Bickerson wrestles the bedclothes in sympathetic agony as poor husband John, victim of a rare type of insomnia which manifests itself in alternate periods of coma and narcolepsy, reaches the crisis during an acute stage of the ailment. Listen. (laughs) Oh, dear, now he's scaring himself to death. Are you in pain? Are you in pain, Blanche? What's the matter with you? What's the matter, Blanche? Stop repeating everything I say like a parrot. Why do you repeat everything? Hmm? Why do you repeat everything? You just said that. I know I did. Why do you repeat everything? Keep repeating everything like a parrot. Very funny. I'll bet you're a riot with those broken-down friends of yours. I never want them in this house again. None of my friends have ever been in this house. Why not? Are you ashamed of me? I'm not ashamed of you. Then why don't you invite them here? Because they're a bunch of bums. They're not bums. When we got married, I gave up all my girlfriends. Why don't you do it? Okay, I'll give up all your girlfriends. (laughs) I wish we could meet some nice people. You should belong to a lodge or something. Why don't you join the Elks, John? I'll join next week. You say it, but you won't do it. Why don't you join now? What? 
Go on, get up and join me out. Blanche, are you out of your mind? It must be three o'clock in the morning. It's only half past two. Oh, why don't you let me sleep? You know I have to get up early. I won't let you sleep. Because if you sleep, you'll snore. Then you'll wake me, and I'll wake you, and we'll argue, and I won't get any sleep. I promise I won't snore. You always snore. Week in, week out. On Monday you snore, Tuesday you snore, Wednesday you snore, Thursday you snore, Friday you snore, Saturday you snore. So what do you do tonight? <laughs> oh, what's the use? <laughs> He's having that dream again. John, John, you said you wouldn't snore. Yes, dear. Turn over on your side. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. What'd you say, Blanche? I didn't say anything. That was an automobile backfiring. Oh. John, mm. close the window. It's cold outside. If I close the window, will it be warmer outside? <laughs> oh, get up and close it. I'm freezing to death. Put a pan under it. I'll have the plumber in the morning. John, I have indigestion. I've never been so sick in all my life. All right, Blanche. I'm awake. Now, what's the matter with you? I don't feel good, John. Call the doctor. You don't need the doctor. I'll handle it. Where does it hurt you? Right here, in the pit of my stomach. It's a shooting pain, and it comes about every five minutes. How long does it last? At least a quarter of an hour. How can it last a quarter of an hour if it comes every five minutes? <laughs> Don't yell at me. I'm sick. If I say the pain lasts a quarter of an hour, then it lasts a quarter of an hour. Okay. I think it's that dinner we ate at the Goosebies. The fish disagreed with me. It wouldn't dare. <laughs> I never want to eat there again. Every mouthful was poison, and the portions were so small. Why, you ate like you were condemned. <laughs> well, you have to be polite when you go to dinner. I wish we hadn't eaten anything. I'm suffering so. Call the doctor. Oh, now, don't get hysterical. It's just indigestion. I know how to treat it. I'll fix you some hot ginger ale and oatmeal. <laughs> hot ginger ale? Make a new man of you. John Vickerson, I don't want any of your insane remedies. You'll treat me for indigestion, and I'll probably die of liver trouble. Listen, if I treat you for indigestion, you'll die of indigestion. <laughs> now, do you want me to help you or not? Not if you're going to yell at me like that. You wouldn't yell at Gloria Gooseby if she got sick. Now, don't start with Gloria Gooseby. I saw you two at the dinner table playing footsies. Footsies. <laughs> so flustered when she smirked at you, you couldn't eat. I was not flustered. Then why did you put gravy on your ice cream? I always put gravy on my ice cream. <laughs> I love gravy on anything and you know it. A likely story. Ugh. And the gown that woman was wearing. She ought to be arrested. I think she purposely swallowed that fish bone so you could stroke her back. I didn't stroke her back. I patted it. And I'd have done that if she hadn't swallowed the fish bone. I mean, if she hadn't been wearing that gown. I don't know how Leo stands for it. He's such a wonderful man, and Gloria's always playing stick around him just to get sympathy. Uh... A lot you care what happens to me. Every time Gloria gets a headache, Leo hugs and kisses her and fawns over her. Why don't you do that? I'm never there when she has a headache. <laughs> I mean, why don't you fuss over me? Now, listen, Blanche, you're not sick, and you know it. Well, I'm depressed. You're going out of town tomorrow, and I'll be so lonesome I'll die. I'm only going overnight. I'll be back on Tuesday. 
If you cared for me, you wouldn't leave me. I'm not leaving you. I have to go on business, and I won't be gone over 24 hours. Suppose a burglar breaks in the house and finds me. It'll serve him right. (laughs) Now let me sleep. Please, Blanche, I have to make an early train. We've never been separated before. I'm afraid absence will conquer your love. Oh, no. The longer I'm away from you, the better I'll like you. I don't like the way that sounded. Well, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? Say, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's the most stupid saying in the world. What? Look at what happened to Mel Shaw. He left his wife alone for two weeks, and now he's the unhappiest man alive. And you know why? She was still there when he came home. (laughs) She was not. Louise got lonesome, and she ran off with the upholsterer. When Mel came home and found out what happened, he went right out and got so drunk... They had to take him to a sanitarium. Why, he ought to be ashamed of himself. Why? A man should wait at least a week before celebrating. (laughs) Good night. Don't be so smart. You might come home and find things changed, too. Mm -hmm. Go on. Stay away from home for a month. Stay away for a year. See if I care. I'm only going for one day. Run all over the country. Go to Europe. Never let me know where you are. Just keep me sitting here wondering whether you're alive or dead. Blanche! Why don't you write to me, John? Now, listen to me, Blanche. You have only one object in mind, and that is to keep me awake. I just want you to tell me you love me. I love you. Now, are you satisfied? How much do you love me? How much do you need? $45. I saw the most stunning hat, John. If I get it, I'm sure I won't feel so depressed. $45 for a hat. That's a fine cure for depression. That'll start one. Women need those things to cheer them up. Look at Clara, my oldest sister. Every time she's in the dump, she buys a dress. I figured that's where she bought her clothes. (laughs) I'm not giving you $45 for any hat, and that's final. Now let me sleep. Oh, I hate you. How my mother begged me not to marry you. She pleaded with me not to marry you. Your mother told you not to marry me? Yes, she did. Dear heaven, how I'd misjudge that woman. Oh, you'll be sorry for this, John Biggerson. You just wait and see. Oh, please, Blanche, I'm so tired and I have to make a 7 o'clock train. That means I have to get up before 6. Why do you need so much time? Well, I have to pack my suitcase, don't I? You haven't got a suitcase. Oh, I have, too. I bought a brand new one yesterday. It's in the closet. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. I put it there last night. I took it out this morning. What? Amos borrowed it. Oh, Blanche, he didn't. You didn't let that weasel take my brand new suitcase. I've never even used it. Don't scream so. You can carry your stuff in a paper bag. (laughs) Paper bag? My suits will get all wrinkled. No, they won't. Amos barred them, too. (laughs) Now, look, Blanche. I see no reason for you to carry on like this, John. Blanche. Amos is going on a sailing trip with some very important businessmen, and he won't hurt your silly old suitcase. Blanche. He has to have something to bring the fish home in. He's going to carry fish in my suitcase And I have to put my clothes in a gunny sack Well, stay home then I can't stay home If you leave me here alone in this horrid house tomorrow night All right, all right, all right I'll call Amos I'll have him come over and stay here till I get back Put the lights on Honest Blanche, if I don't go on this trip tomorrow I'm liable to lose my job Hello? Amos, this is John Hi, Jocko, what's new? Say, I, I want to ask a little favor, Amos. I have to go out of town tomorrow, and Blanche is afraid to stay here alone. Could you come over and spend the night? What's in it for me? 
What a chiseler. Is it worth a double sawbuck, Jocko? Okay, $20. And all the bourbon I can drink? All the bourbon you can drink. And can I bring a couple of friends over? Bring some friends. Take a note. You won't back out, Jocko. I give you my word of honor. Okay, I'll be over tomorrow. Uh, wait, Amos, when you come over, uh, uh, you might bring my new suitcase with you. I might bring it, but I won't. Because I already hocked it. Good night, Jocko. Ooh, how I hate that man. See what you make me go through just because you pretend you're scared to be alone? I'm not going to be alone. What? Mother's coming over to stay for the rest of the year. Good night, John. Oh, This is Dominique wishing you good days, good nights, and good luck until we meet again. Everybody's talking about DREF, the greatest dishwashing discovery in 2,000 years. DREF, D-R-E-F-T, DREF, Procter & Gamble's sudsing miracle that gets dishes so clean they shine even without wiping. Yes, it makes even glasses sparkle like jewels. DREF simply can't leave any streaks on dishes the way all soaps do. Why, with DREF, your nicest glassware positively shines. DREF is kind to your hands, too. Get DREF in the bright green package. That's D-R-E-F-T, DREF. Remember, never before dream, yes, never before dream, could any shampoo reveal 100% of the natural luster of your hair. Listen next Sunday for another pleasant half hour with Don Amici, Danny Thomas, Francis Langford, Carmen Dragon, and his orchestra. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. From Hollywood, it's dream time.
seeing you in all the old familiar places that this heart of mine embraces all day through. park across the way the children's carousel the chestnut tree the wishing well I'll be seeing you in every lovely summer's day in everything that's bright and I'll see you in the morning sun And when the night is new I'll be looking at the moon But I'll be seeing Well, guys, that does it for Don Amici and Miss Frances Langford and the Bickersons. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe. You can listen to my podcast now available on Spotify, CastBox, Apple Podcast, and many other podcast platforms. Stay tuned for this coming Friday as we bring... To the show, Miss Lucille Ball and Mr. Richard Denning in the CBS comedy show, My Favorite Husband. And stay tuned, guys, as later on tonight, as we bring Mr. Gene Kelly to the show to chill our spines. And also, guys, stay tuned for a bonus episode on Sunday, July 5th. Look for it later on that evening as I bring an episode to celebrate our country and Independence Day on the 5th of July. It is going to be my 4th of July episode and that is going to be a bonus episode. In two episodes, one to chill your spine and the other to tickle your funny bone and I'm not sure what that show is going to entail guys but please bear with me as I make the research for that but anyways guys that's on July 5th but join me this com- tonight and this coming Friday for tonight's show Mr. Gene Kelly and this coming Friday show Miss Lucille Ball and Mr. Richard Denning in My Favorite Husband. And guys, thank you to everyone who has subscribed and shared my podcast. I really do appreciate it. 
And if you've liked the show, please comment and subscribe. Thanks.